Welcome to Champ, we are United podcast episode number nine. We are moving now towards the end of season one, which will be next week with episode 10. We will be back very, very shortly after that though. And this evening we have a regular guest in the studio. We have Rivers. Hello listeners. And also Gold. Hi there everyone. And this evening, we are going to get straight into it. We're going to be talking once more with Riddles on his now, I'm glad to say, regular review session of Football Picture Story Monthly. And then we're going to have a bit of Gull Goes Groundhopping around the country. And we will get into that. And we're going to round off a wee bit with... Football and video games as well. So, Riddles, over to you. Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, what I thought we'd do is we'd look at another couple of uh, Rivet and United uh, books uh, on this podcast. And then maybe we'll have a look at some of, in for episode 10, we'll have a look at some of the other continuing storylines. Maybe a little look at John Stark and Klein and Powell. I know. We've already had some feedback from some of the listeners saying that you know, they were popular with those guys as well. Maybe even High Rise Rovers, something like that. But um, but yeah, the two we're looking at um, this week, um, two real classics from the United canon. Um, we're looking at Hijack, which was issue 14, and Four Games from Glory. Um, that was issue 23. And these would have set you back at 26p each in 1986. So... Hope you'd all got your pocket money saved for them. Um, yeah, so these, I mean, these are classics and they are available on eBay right now if you ever, if you want to jump on and see them. But yeah, we, we looked at um, the difference in the storytelling between Champ and the Football Picture Story Monthly is on one of the earlier podcasts, you know, the way um, Champ and Victor, they were kind of the weekly story of the, of the team. And you you know you'd, you'd gradually build up to a game at, at the end of the of the issue, and football picture story monthlies was slightly different to that. It was a bit of a different approach, you know. In one in one comic book, you'd have the story of an entire season. But what I like about these two, um, in particular, um, is that they sort of go back to that approach. Um, each issue, um, hijack and four games from glory, they just feature um, and focus on a condensed period of time. Um, in the season um, I mean Hijack to start with only actually has action from two games in the entire book, we've got the Super Cup final against Flamindies um, and it also features Tug Wilson's testimonial against the World All-Stars um, but in between those two games obviously we have the uh, the main point of the story which is the hijacking of the, the United players playing um, and their eventual rescue by the Special Forces and um, during the hijack attempt, um, one of the terrorists attempts to shoot Hedgehog Jones. But um, Terry Evans, Big Ed Evans, manages to save him by pushing him out of the way. Um, which is kind of poignant because, well, we know about the rivalry between these two, these two guys. But um, the start of the book does go out of its way to highlight their rivalry. There's... Um, there's a brilliant sequence where uh, Hedgehog and Terry Evans have a spat on live TV during a, a TV interview. It's genius because um, someone, uh, a broadcaster, asks Terry, "Will he get any goals in the in the final?" 
and Terry Evans suggests that he will if this, quote, spiky-headed punk rocker gives me enough passes. <laughs> and then and then Hedgehog hijacks the interview and says, oh, he's passed it. Don't worry, I'll get the goals and things like that. They also have a row in training, and then they also have a row at a disco. And um, if any listeners have got this issue, just go back and open it up, because you have to see what Hedgehog wears to this disco and the way they draw him, it's brilliant. And then Terry Evans turns up at the same disco looking like James Bond. It's uh, it's it's really good. Um, so obviously... I thought for a moment there, it is. You were going to say, if anyone remembers a disco. <laughs> <laughs> am I sure my age calling it a disco? I think a discotheque. I think I am, aren't I? A um, nightclub. <laughs> sorry. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's the cover. Yeah, yeah, great. So, yeah, just... Have a look, Rab, if you've got the issue with you. Just just have a look at their their attire when they go to the discotheque. <laughs> this, is, this is Hedgehog wearing... Did he strike, I, I think there's a sense of Rod Stewart here, actually. Yeah. He's wearing what appears to be, you'd imagine, a black tie and possibly a tartan jacket. Yeah. My God. I mean, it's a hell of a comment. It's like a... It's a paisley shirt. It's a fancy shirt and then a tartan jacket and... And then he's got his spiky eyes. Oh, it's, it's an amazing look. It really um, is. Yeah, it's not in colour, is it? Of course. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. It's a shame it isn't. No, I was going to say, thank God, I'd have to have my eyes tested afterwards. <laughs> and, of course, as you said, Terry, Terry uh, turns up with a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. And Phil yeah. Evening's Yeah. That's uh, nightclub. And uh, the size of Hedgehog's earrings as well, something to the <laughs> <laughs> it's he, looks, he looks actually like he has one of these, you know, these piercings you get where, where it's the whole bottom of the earlobe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks a bit like an early version of that. It does. And, and it's a hell of a look, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Um, and does, does Terry Evans walk off with the girl that Hedgehog does, is dancing with, or is that yeah. another issue? <laughs> No, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> it goes off with the girl as well. It's okay. So, yeah, so we're clearly building this rivalry here, aren't we? <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, so we, yeah, in the the story, so obviously we've got this big build up of tension and rivalry. But Terry does save, you know, does save his life on the train, on the plane. Sorry, and um, they fly from there to Tug Wilson's testimonial. Um, and they're playing the world all-stars. And at the end of the match, um, Terry appears with just a sling to show for his his his, uh, his troubles. I don't know quite how he did, but, yeah, he, he saved Hedgehog's life and just has his arm in a sling. So he's a t- he's tough, Terry. He is tough. And um, and Hedgehog gets a Man of the Match award in this testimonial and, and sort of donates to Terry um, and says thank you at the end of the game. So it's they appear to have buried the hatchet, but even even when they're passing the award from one to the other, there's some arguments going on. Um, and it's really it's, it's, the two games they play are really good against Fluming Bees in the Super Cup. And Tug Wilson's testimonial is really interesting um, because we do like a crossover, don't we, on this podcast? And we're trying to cross over various comic book worlds. And in Tug's testimonial. For the World Eleven, we have Mark Hughes, Peter Shilton, and Mark Lawrenson. So, 
do you guys know have they played for have they been in Roy Race's world or John Stark's world? Have we got a crossover potential there? Not a real day. Maybe will be. Right, okay. Because there was a few famous faces in, in Roy the Rovers, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, definitely. Bob Wilson and Emily Hughes. Yeah. So, so possibly slightly followed back. Uh, these are obviously mids. Sort of early mid-80s players, aren't we? Yeah. And, yeah, that's right. I just wondered if, because, you know, we do like a crossover. And also, it made me dig out, I know this is going off on a big tangent now, but I also dug out issue 183, which is called Misty United. Now, yeah. that's, we'll, we'll do that another day, but Joe, Joe Pearson's testimonial features Paul McGrath and Ian Wright. Yeah. And I wondered, if, anyway, just just in case there's a crossover there, if maybe Roy Race once played with Paul McGrath and right as well, you never know. I think the angle of of tenuous um, link, <laughs> linkage can be the teams, really. You know uh, that that you can link um, Rovers to striker because um, of the, the 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 teams, the real teams being in both. So if if you know we can link. I think Champ, uh, we are united to Roy the uh, uh, to the others by that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but that's yeah. tenuous, of course. <laughs> I think these are all tenuous, but yeah, yeah. Well, something else quite impressive during the plane hijack uh, and incredibly stereotypical hijackers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think as, as well, but to him, the players really remain quite calm, don't they? It's almost Nobody bats an eyelid. Yeah, they all just sort of stay in their seats, don't they? It's yeah, until the special forces arrive. Yeah, and this this was after the Rovers Bazran bombing, wasn't it? Yes. Well, perhaps they thought, well, they're not going to, you know, and they've used that storyline in a different comic. I don't think we're going to be blown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they Yeah. Well, one of the, uh, I think one of the. One of the terrorists holds a gun to Hedgehog's head and tells him to get to the back of the plane. And Hedgehog just says something like, I'm not, I'm not frightened by you, mate. Yeah, <laughs> Super. Think he's punk rocker again, yeah. yeah, he's not being told to move by just some guy with a gun. No. Amazing. No. Um, it's quite surprising for a kid to read that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, again, it's not shying away from real no. life, is it? You know, they're getting stuck in and, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's, it's a very good one, Hijack. And it's yeah. it's really well drawn, both Hijack and Four Games from Glory. It, it looks like the same artist. And it it's um, I'm a really big fan of that. I, I, I don't know. I haven't done the research. But if anyone else out there knows or you guys know, but it's it's a really well-drawn style yeah i think i think it's the same as for a few issues of champ as well um so yeah so moving on from hijack we've got issue 23 four games from glory now this is a bit more of a traditional football story um we're sort of see we're seeing united try to win the league um i'm sure you can guess how it goes but there's uh, they, they kind of they're, they're struggling a little bit at, at the tail end of the season they're suffering from bad luck and injuries um, the first match that we see, Iron Bar gifts uh, Western Wanderers a goal as they get beat 2-1. Um, 
he just drops the ball from a corner, um, which builds the pressure on the team. And we see Joe Pearson snapping at the press. Um, and we see Hedgehog nearly getting into a fight in a nightclub again. <laughs> so I've called it nightclub this time. <laughs> um, because someone puts a newspaper in front of his face uh, and it's taking the mickey out of one of the United players. I can't remember who. So Hedgehog gets, nearly gets into an altercation with uh, someone in a nightclub again. Um, and then what you have in training the next day, Joe Pearson uh, breaks his leg falling over a, um, a bench. Yeah. So they're kind of, they're struggling a little bit to try and close down this season. But in a, in a really good move for the story, and I really like this, um, Tug Wilson takes over as a caretaker boss, which I think... It, it opens that side of things up for the for the, the Tug Wilson character. You know, he's been with United from the very earliest days in Champ. You know, he doesn't just retire and go off to pasture. He becomes a coach at United, and then, as we know from further on in the story, he goes on to manage, doesn't he? Tug yeah. Wilson goes yeah. on to manage. Is it Old Castle? I think. I think he goes on to manage them, and he, and he's he's a reappearing character in that capacity for a while, which is which is really good. Um, but yeah, so. Tug Wilson takes the reins and yeah, the players don't initially take to his managerial style. It's a little bit in quotes, old school. I think he's rubbing the players the wrong way. Um, but they do come round to his methods. They start picking up the wins and the results. They, I think they need to, out of the last four games, they need to win three and draw one. Um, so they, they come round to the Tug Wilson way, even though they still give him a little bit of banter because he's one of their ex-teammates. But uh, he wins them over with a masterstroke. They're at, they're at Chelton with two or three games to go. And he actually substitutes Kevin Nicklish, and he brings on um, Georgie Green, GG, who's uh, another character from the Champ era. Uh, do you guys remember Georgie Green? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Tug Wilson substitutes Nicklish for Georgie Green and puts Hedgehog up front. And Hedgehog ends up scoring the vital goal, the equaliser. So he kind of wins the players over that way with a with a bit of a tactical masterstroke. But um, I'm sure you know how the, the comic book ends and they, they eventually progress through. But there's two really good moments in this comic book. Um, again, going back to almost like the champ days, um, there's a couple of sequences where the players are all in the digs and they're all eating breakfast together and they're moaning about the toughness of the meat served by the woman who cooks their food. And it's uh, again, it's away from the razzmatazz and trying to win the league and the football opera stuff. And uh, it's a good moment. And then you also, there's a sequence where the players are all in the player lounge and um, they're all talking and they're all in their civilian clothes, you know, they're just, just hanging around, playing pool. And Fred Rimmy gives them a bit of a pep talk and he gives them a few straight answers as to why they're struggling with form. You know, he's saying we're a bit more defensive. We used to be so much more attack minded. And they're all sitting around having a chat and it's a bit more human. And it's, uh, again, like like the champ days where you'd see them in their digs or you'd, you'd see them go into a cafe or something. And that's kind of what made me put these two together, really. I mean, they're numerically, you know, they're sequential. But there's a similar sort of vibe to the, the two stories and they're really good. I say they focus on a particular period of time and they get into the nitty gritty of what's happening. And they're two really good stories. So, as I said earlier, if, if you can find them on eBay, yeah, they're 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 two they're two good ones to go for. Good choices, yeah, absolutely. Uh, two yeah. very good covers as well. I like both the cover, both of the covers. Yeah, 
they're kind of iconic in a way, really, just instead of, you know, the, the football one, especially, well, the hijack one features the plane in the background in black and white. It's almost like a movie poster, that goal, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's good. I mean, seeing the, the kits in high definition there as well, with very large CTS. Yeah. With Barry Evans. Yeah. Run it, running towards the ball. Yeah. And, um, yeah it's like a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they're, they're just really well drawn, really well told. I guess uh, they're, they're, they're just, and, you know, interesting stories. And, and you get a bit more about the characters in these. As I say, even the ones are good where you get the whole season told. But every now and then they'll just do these little ones where you find out a little bit more about the players, harking back to that champ and victory era, you know. And um, yeah, really enjoyable books. Yeah. Good reviews as always there it is. Yeah, thanks. Well, I, I made notes this week because I, I didn't want to ramble and say the word hedgehog too many times. Because, I... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, but you know, what? I, I'd be the peacemaker there, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, and also, I, 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 would, I would probably ask where the discotheque was as well. <laughs> I think I think it's it's I think it's called a disco in the comic. That's why I'm saying disco. That's what I'll say anyway. Losing cool yeah, You just said disco as well. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. That's that's fantastic. I see really good choices on both editions there, and very much uh, through recommendation worth. Certainly, adding, adding to your own collection if you are a fan, not only of Football Monthly, but also, of course, of our own passion, the whole story of Riverton. Yeah, so, absolutely. Over to you with some news and tales of ground hopping. Yeah, before um, I touch on the ground hopping part of it, because I know, of course, Rab, you're very interested in that too, I'll touch on the 92 Club which is quite a well-known thing uh, for those that don't know of course it's uh, there are 92 teams in the football league and the club was set up where you have to visit each of the home grounds of the teams uh, so you can join the 92 club it does what it says on the tin to be quite honest but the history of it is that it was first sort of mentioned in the football league reviews around 1974 75 and uh, things were muted for a few years after that but then in 1978 uh, the 92 club was officially formed by someone called Gordon Pierce who I, I've had many a phone call in the past unfortunately he's passed away and now which is very very sad because he was so passionate about the 92 club but um, yeah uh, we talk about anything and everything and he was a really really good bloke but um so the initial interest turned out to be a little bit of a false start because when the 92 club was set up in 78 there were 39 founder members um which to me sounds great but uh, uh, you know reading and researching um they were disappointed because the initial interest was much much higher than that um but Interestingly, as soon as the club was formed, that back in the days before you could get automatically relegated out of the league, you'd have, you know, whoever finishes bottom had to 
be re-voted back in or another club came in. Um, it didn't happen too often, but uh, in, in these particularly couple of years, it did. So those 39 members immediately lost their membership because I think it's Southport were voted out and Wigan Athletic came in. Now, listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, because there's a little bit of a differing opinion on the 92 Club website and Wikipedia and things like that. But yeah, they had to then, um, they obviously put a caveat in the rules where they had a period of time where you could uh, still be a member, but you'd have to, maybe one season, you'd have to get that club to retain your membership, which is so very, very interesting. And and then that sort of maintained like that until automatic relegation came in in 1987. Um, back then it was just one team that went out. Um, and, and, and since then, of course, more teams come in and go out and uh, ground changes started, I think, with Scunthorpe United um, back in uh, the 90s, I think. Um, so a lot of people became, became disillusioned with the 92 club rules um, because the rules state that if a club falls out of the league and then subsequently returns you have to revisit that club for it to count again which for me was a little annoying because one of mine was Carlisle United and of course <laughs> that's about 700 miles away from me and then they return back into the league but um, so, yeah, everyone sort of has their own rules, really. Uh, and if you then got to a 92 amount and you checked them all and they were all relevant, then, then you obviously need to go by the rules. But the rules changed, thankfully, around 2012, um, where they recognised this, that so many people were saying that this doesn't seem fair. We're losing, you know, two a season, two coming up maybe two clubs are moving grounds. That means, you know, it changes every season. Whereas back in the 70s, it was like one every five or six years. But the rules changed and they, they voted in favour of um, allowing clubs that come back in to recount. So they don't have to be revisited, which is, which is great, because that means I don't have to go to Carlisle. Did no disrespect to Carlisle. That's the that's the sort of history of the 92 club. Um, and I've been to nearly 70 grounds now, but I'm more of a non-league fan, uh, as you know, Rab. And so my 92 is about 11. And I, I think I've lost Southend United this season as well. So down to 10. I'm going to end up owing them some soon. Um <laughs> But yeah, I've been to about 70 grounds and uh, yeah, some good ones. Tottenham at Wembley Stadium as a home ground, which then two years later didn't count anymore because that's another rule they have, that if a club that's in the league moves, it's, you know, say you're at 91 <laughs> and then uh, Tottenham move to Wembley Stadium and you haven't uh, um, got it, um, you don't have to revisit, you don't have to visit the new club until two years are up. So, in essence, your original visit at White Hart Lane still counts. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's it's not about it's not about visiting the club, is it? It's about visiting the ground, isn't it? Exactly. This is about yeah, yeah. It's about so it's like if I don't know why this example, but if you went to the baseball ground, you'd still have to visit Derby's new ground, which is called it's not Pride Park, is it? Yeah. So so to so to tick off, you're ticking off grounds more than clubs, aren't you? You're ticking off the grounds, but you have to see the home club. So for instance. I know that Coventry are returning to the Rico next season. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, they've been playing at Birmingham, haven't they? They've got St yeah. Andrews, have they? Yeah. yeah. So you'd have to see Coventry. Well, you would have had to have seen Coventry at St Andrews and Birmingham at St Andrews because it is the grounds, but it's the clubs right. as well. I don't okay. know. <laughs> now I'll see what you're saying. Okay. But yeah, uh, so been to about 70 and. Uh, I love it. It's I love my hobby. What a, I know that you've been to sort of something similar in Scotland there, Rab. Yeah, we originally had what's called the 38 Club with similar regulations, really, to what you mentioned. And at the time, of course, there were only 38 senior clubs in Scotland. There are now 42. And I had completed them all just last year with the final visit was to Dumbarton. Uh, their new stadium, which I hadn't been to. And <laughs> it's changed slightly because Cove Rangers, which is right outside Aberdeen, uh, were admitted to the league or promoted to the, the league last year. But of course, due to COVID, I have not yet been able to attend the game at Cove, uh, which I had planned to do, uh, just to keep up my full, full set of all 42 senior clubs in Scotland. And in addition to that, I've been, what, what I started to do is, it was really frustrating because last season, as you know, girl, was my best ever. Yeah. Attending games because what I, I did was there are a lot of non-league clubs around Edinburgh where I am. And I, I was going to them, basically, I was, I was going to a lot of them midweeks and Friday nights. And so on, and, and really enjoying it. And, you know, it's some great banter that you get at these matches, as you know, there might be yeah. 30 people there. But you get into conversation with, with people around you, and it's really good, it's really nice. And so I built up quite a few around about uh, the city with, with those, and I was up to heading for about 50, 50 odd games, I think, last season, when it was cut short by COVID. Yeah. And I'm round about 90 odd games now in total. And I would like, I would sort of like to get to 100. Um, but my favourite one was, was I, I can't remember, I don't, I don't think I did mention this before in the podcast, but a couple of years ago, I managed to see my own team, Kilmarnock, playing in Marbella in Spain. Yeah. Um, just by... Well, not by design, but more by luck. But I was I was just down the road from Marbella, uh, deliberately on holiday <laughs> at the time, and it coincided with us playing Dynamo Bucharest there. And just you know, to, to be attending a ground in Spain and to see your own club play there was just absolutely fantastic. Even though oh, it was, you know, uh, the result just didn't matter, you know. And I I managed to stand. Um, that evening and for the whole of the second half deep in conversation with the club chairman um, which is just great you know. fantastic 
Yeah. But as, as you say, Gil, it's, it's about so many things, I think, down hoping. It's the banter, as I mentioned, at some of these smaller places, but just the whole experience, seeing parts of the country that you wouldn't normally get to visit, I think. It's, Absolutely. You know, um, it's a day out very often. You get to see yeah. the town, maybe some of the some of the pubs and some of the landmarks around there as well. And, you know, um, I have, I certainly have attended, which I'm, I'm quite happy about, have attended football matches in all four parts of the UK. Um, wow. A few in Northern Ireland as well, due to my wife being Northern Irish. So I'm, I'm over there quite a bit. Um, and I've been to three, three or four grounds in Wales. One of them. The one for me, Swansea. Swansea, right, right. The uh, old Letchfield, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was actually only the second away ground I, I ever went to, Letchfield. You see, 14 years up. Yeah, yeah, back in 1987. Right. Um, go on, sorry, Ram. What? No, you uh, I was going to say, it's uh, talking about, you know, matches you've been to. I sometimes wonder how many grounds I would have visited. Um, if I hadn't have been working at Torquay United for 20 years, because obviously over those 20 years, you know, you count the Saturdays and the Tuesdays that I couldn't go anywhere else. And I probably, I, I tried to calculate it because I've not kept a record of the matches I went to up until about five years ago, and I write them down now. Um, but it's got to be over a thousand um, matches. Um Think of all those Saturdays that I could have been somewhere else. What about your own Well, only a, a handful, really. Um, I've just been to Everton. I've been to, um, been to Hillsborough, watched them play Sheffield Wednesday and win there. Been to Highbury, saw them... Southern get beat there by Arsenal a few years ago. John Collins scored first and we went 1-0 up. So we started chanting 1-0 to the Everton at the Arsenal fans. And I think it lasted about two minutes and they just, just battered us 4-1. Um, where else have I been? Um, Coventry. Um, um, Highfield Road? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was at Sheffield United, Bramall Lane. Um I remember being quite impressed by Bramall Lane. That was that. It was just four big stands, but I remember. I don't know. No disrespect, Sheffield United, but I, I was quite impressed with that. Um, also been. Oh, uh, a mate of mine used to be a big Chester fan, so I, I went to um, their old ground, the Divas Stadium. Is that old ground? Yeah. Do you know that goal? It was the Divas Stadium. Stadium, yeah. Yeah, and did they move or did they just knock it down and rebuild a new one? I can't remember. I think. But, I'm not 100% sure, but, uh, uh, it, but uh, it, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but yeah, so I've been to a, a few a few games at Chester, but no, I, I never really travelled away to to watch. Oh, I've been to I Wembley as well. I went to watch England schoolboys at Wembley. Right. Yeah. Anfield. Well. What? Sorry. What? Sorry, Rob. Anfield. No, I've never been. Well, yeah, I have been there once. I went to, uh, I used to have a mate of mine at school when I was in junior school I like guy called James Joyce <laughs> he wasn't very poetic though but yeah and, uh, <laughs> yeah he had a birthday party and we all went to Anfield and I can't remember too much about it um I think they won <laughs> yeah is it, is but... it true that 
I don't know if I'm trying to what the case there is, but uh, when Liverpool played Everton, there was no segregation as such. No, there never used to be, and I don't, there probably isn't. There isn't really now. Um, it used to be the friendly derby, you see. Yeah. But unfortunately, if I'm being completely honest, over the last maybe ten or fifteen years, it's it's not quite as it's not it's turned a bit nasty in the crowd slightly. I would say um, it's still okay in the pubs around and the ground and ninety nine percent of people, but it's not quite the same in the ground as it was. Um, but I remember the cup finals of the 80s, yeah. there was no segregation there. And um, I seem to remember both sets of supporters chanting Merseyside over the national anthem <laughs> in that match because it was, you know, the, the political landscape of Liverpool in the mid 80s. Obviously, yeah. it was a uh, there was plenty going on. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, there, there was no segregation at those cup finals, but um, yeah, it's it's. From when I used to go as a kid, I don't know. Now, now I go as a. I'm a bit older. It's not quite the friendly derby it was in the crowd. It's still, it's still banter, but unfortunately, yeah. But my dad went to Anfield. He only went once, and I think Ian Rush scored all five goals for Liverpool. I think it broke man. I think it broke him to be honest. <laughs> and he's never gone back to watch Everton again. I have a fantastic story about. <laughs> visiting Exeter City, which I love this story, if I may share it with yourselves and the listeners. Yeah. Um, I moved to Exeter um, in uh, the, the early 2000s for work, and I actually lived pretty much about four footsteps from St. James's Park. Um, and, of course, uh, we were playing... Uh, Exeter that season so there I am in my talkie shirt and uh, you know lovely jubbly and I, <laughs> I, I come out and there's a, um, a line of policemen blocking the, the, the road because it would take you into the city centre and they didn't want talkie supporters uh, you know 20 to 10 going into the city centre and and the other way was St James's Park railway station. So that's where they wanted the fans to go to because a lot came by train. Mm. <laughs> so I came out and not thinking because I lived there, I turn left to go home and I get pushed back by a policeman. Come on, son, you know you've got to go the other way. You know <laughs> you either go to the railway station or you you know you take another route. You can't go into the city centre. But I said, but I live over there. <laughs> and he turned around then looked back at me and smirked and he said whatever yeah. go inside <laughs> I just and I didn't <laughs> actually walk away I just stood there for about 20 minutes waiting for it all to calm down and the supporters to come out and and then I just that when they dispersed I then went home <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he didn't let you go home <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, still going. That's my window. He must have thought I was a complete idiot. <laughs> sure, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, taken, I should have taken my proof of address, shouldn't I? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great little story. Yeah. 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 Actually, while we are talking about ground hopping, uh, I went to Middlesbrough, 2000, 2001. I think that was memorable because that was my first away trip to one of the, the new grounds. You would right. call them at the time when the, everyone was building a new ground, weren't they? You know, and I'd never been, to, and uh, and this and Middlesbrough's ground, 
was, it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. No disrespect to Middlesbrough as a club. I know they're a good club with tradition and all that, but this their grounds, it, it, it's in the middle of nowhere. I, I've never been to a ground like it. I'm just used to, you know, the, the stadiums being in the houses or, yeah. you know, near something. I've never been no. to a ground like Middlesbrough's. Have you been called to a stadium or light? No, I haven't, actually, no. Right. Have you, Rob? No. Right, well... It's, I don't know, it just it's it, it kind of just back then it was just set on its own in the middle of this weird industrial landscape. Yeah. That was yeah. uh that just came to mind then. That was yeah. a, that, that's a, yeah. And of course I've been to the I've been to the Millennium Stadium and I've been yes. to the Etihad for for a, for a gig. Right. Um well impressed with the Millennium Stadium when I went. I don't know if you've yeah. been there. That, that, excellent. Yeah. That was that's a I that's a really to... new ground, isn't it? It's really good. Yeah. I went to see um, uh, the uh, L, uh, one, an LDV fans trophy final or whatever it's called nowadays. You do live, goal. <laughs> <laughs> the LDV fans trophy. I think it's you know you've got the you've got the uh, you used to have the full members cup for the first and second division, and the third and fourth yeah. division had the associate members cup. And then that contained sponsored Sheffield Trophy, LDV Vans Trophy, Alto Glass Windshields Trophy. Oh, for God's sake. Wow. Well, remember, I think Everton once contested the Zenith Data Systems Cup against Crystal <laughs> Palace at Wembley. I think we got beaten that as well. <laughs> but, yeah. Talking about distance, I think the shortest between uh, two grounds for me was I visited Lewis, um, non-league club, uh, no, not 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 Lewis, uh, Horsham, and I actually went to their final ever league game there before they moved grounds. And Horsham YMCA, another team, is right next to it. So, and by chance, they were playing at home as well, which it's not you normally find that they don't clash like that when they're local teams. So mm. I'm sat in the grandstand watching Horsham. And then when I get bored, I, I look over at the Horsham YMCA game. <laughs> Two games for the price of one. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, any listeners out there who also have an interest in ground hopping, do let us know on Twitter, any of your own memories or any particularly special games or grounds which you have been to. And, of course, we will read those out. And we will be doing um, towards the end of this evening's podcast with some of the, the memories of Roy the Rovers and others which listeners have sent us in the last week or so. And moving on then to our final section for tonight, which is entitled Football and Video Games. And I know that Ridders particularly has taken his passion for Riverton recently onto YouTube and also has been writing a blog which is connected to the game Pens. Yeah, that's right. I've uh, I've the, the you know you put the, the classic Riverton United team into into Pro Evo. It's got a very good editing facility in there. So I, I always did this, but um, with the new technology, I can upload highlights and footage onto YouTube. So I started doing that and any good goals and things like that. And then in playing this, there's a, there's a game mode you can do where it's called a Master League and you get training players, you get a bit more day-to-day from the club, you get your players speaking to the media, you have to negotiate contracts. And I sort of realised it could be quite a good narrative for a blog, almost like a, a reboot. 
of Riverton United. Yeah. Now, I've just been sort of, yeah, just, just blogging about what's been happening in the Riverton United team, any injuries, any good games, the results. And it's just flowed from that, really. It's kind of, it's good the games provided the narrative because I'm, I'm just not creative enough to try to do a rewrite or a reboot of, of Riverton United, which it's just screaming for. But yeah, so it's um, the blog is www.rivertonunitedfc.blogspot.com. That took ages, didn't it? Um, <laughs> and if you go there, yeah, I'm sort of updating it three or four times a week. And it's I'm treating it almost like a, a United reboot. So we've got the um, we've got the Terry Evans, Hedgehog Jones, they're, they're young, they're 18, 19. And um, there was a couple of seasons in the Skybet Championship, um, you know, eventually management promotion. And now we're in the Premier League, trying to win, trying to win the Premier League, really. Um, and it's good. It's just, I say, it's, it's a blog. It's providing a bit of a narrative for what it's like. And I upload any good de- or decent goals and highlights to YouTube and there's links there. So, and it's, it's, a, it's a modern take because, you know, it's, we've, got, we've got the, the modern shirt designs, you know, and, and things like that. And I say it just provides a, a bit of a narrative and it's, I say it's something to do. It's, it, it's interesting to do it. It's a, a what if almost. <laughs> yeah. If any listeners are interested, do go along to Ridder's website because I can highly recommend it. it it's, it's such an interesting thing to follow. And you, I, I, read, I get so involved. I absolutely love um, what Ridders does there. So do go along and have a look if you're at all a United fan, um, because it's great. Oh, thanks, Cole. Thanks very much. Oh, Thinking back as well to anything, teams and comic teams in particular, as you do with uh, Pro Evo Soccer, uh, go back to the classic football manager game of the early to mid-1980s, the Kevin Toms football manager, which was on at the time as Eric Spectrum. And I think it was also the Commodore 64, but you could go in here as a way to do it and to edit your own teams in it. At that time, I did used to get in editing some comic teams um, and you could play as them. And of course, any listeners who remember that game, the very first football manager, of course, uh, nothing like today's incarnation of it. But the highlights, you know, you just sit there watching these stick men very slowly kicking the ball <laughs> to let it go and then it kind of flicked over and you would you know your defense would be under pressure and you just waited patiently for the final result to come up very basic in today's sense of graphics and narrative and all the rest of it but just spent hours you know playing playing football manager back in at those in those days yeah there was uh, around that time, on, on my Commodore 64, I had uh, Emlyn Hughes International Soccer, which, again, that provided editing and you could change team names around and things like that. Um, I remember that being so advanced at the time, but without wishing to sound like an old man, I know it wasn't. But, I mean, back then it was, I think that the shirts were all different colours as well. Yeah. E- each club had a different colour shirt. Imagine bragging about that now, but it really, there was a step up there on Emlyn Hughes, you know. What would, what would you say your favourite football video game has been? Uh, um, well, Pro Evo for actually playing along with, but uh, me and the guys in our sixth form centre, we got seriously addicted to Championship Manager. 
yeah. I mean, we were all playing that till. Well, you you didn't know what time you were playing that too, and you and you'd look at the clock in the bottom right of your monitor and find out it was like four thirty in the morning. You know, <laughs> it was that was that 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 championship manager of the time, ninety seven, ninety eight, and then it went to oh one oh two. But that kind of period of it, oh yes, it was highly addictive. I, I didn't used to edit that one so much because it it seemed a bit like a, a over admin. But yeah, certainly just for. A computer video game experience championship manager was was brilliant i know it's still going now isn't it under the football manager label yeah. i think it's it's still the same i i haven't gone back to those games since uh well since since the kids came along because you don't have that amount of time anymore do you but oh, I know, I know. yeah i remember the championship manager. cited in several divorce cases due to the longevity of uh, <laughs> yeah I, re I read that during the edinburgh festival I think it was I think it was the last show that I went to see in the festival where there was a guy doing a show entitled My Life uh, in Football Manager. And he was, you know, it was a stand-up comedian, but he went through his, his addiction to the game and, and he played 30 or 40 seasons, whatever it was, with quite a small club. I can't remember the club, but a small club. And it was, you know, right. he did it in a in a comedic way but it was it was really really good you know you know it was it was all true as well um and i think yeah he actually produced a dvd of it eventually as well um right. but that, that was really good but yeah <laughs> I, I think you're right there riddles that the the earlier versions of that the championship managers which of course would just kept there were no graphics as such you yeah. would that bar coming no out there wasn't and you would say, you know, Everton are yeah, on the attack, or we've got a corner, or whatever it was. And it was really tense. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It was. It, it, and, and you were totally sucked in, weren't you, just to reading yeah. this text? And then it would flash if there was a goal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you and, know. And there, were, there were some fantastic stories. I don't know, I may have been heading the festival show that we were talking about this. But there was one guy who um, put a suit on. He would... <laughs> He closed his curtains. I think he was playing in his living room and he closed his curtains and he put a suit on because the team had got to a cup final. And then when they won, he went out the next day with a miniature Subutio trophy and went got onto an open bus that was that was there a tour of the city and kind of stood up at the front of the my favourite one was a guy who was playing uh, an away tie against Galatasaray. <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but he was playing away at Galatasaray <laughs> in the game. And so he went outside into his garden and he set his bin in fire to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to react to the atmosphere was getting tricky. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, and he got his missus to throw like glass bottles at him. <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's incredible. incredible. Oh. Yeah. oh, absolutely. I mean, just, I don't know, it was just the staring at the screen and whether it, you just got so involved, like contract negotiations and oh. setting different formations and things like that. I mean, every, every time you'd think, oh, I only played a couple of hours and it'd be, well, a week. <laughs> just okay. It was just, it, it was a really good game. I think I mean, my dad even got, started playing that as well and he's a complete technophobe but he knew just enough about a PC to boot up Championship Manager and just to play that <laughs> and he got hooked as well.
Yeah, that was that was another big game actually while we were in the sixth form because I think that was on the Amiga, wasn't it? So that was on the Amiga, and a few of the lads had one of them, and yeah, and we had Sensible World of Soccer, yes. which just covered the globe, didn't it? You, you yeah, had like yeah, every league possible in that. Yeah, so we just set up a league. That was a that was kind of a we'd been to the pub on a Friday night and we'd spend Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon just playing Central World of Soccer, just set up a league, seven or eight of us, and just play through one of those seasons. I used to go with Bolton. I've just remembered, I don't know why I used to go with Bolton. They had John McGinley up front at the time. Yeah, why did I used to do that? I don't know, maybe I was still drunk, I don't know, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, that that that's a good game. That's um, you can get that now on like uh, the PS4, PS5. You can you can download those. See, retro gaming's very big now, isn't it? So yeah. things like Sensible Soccer have really got a place in the in the retro gaming yeah. sort of side of things. Did did you like Sensible Soccer? Absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. friends who had an Amiga, as you said, and, and yeah, we just yeah, it felt with past playing that. I think I remember one time we we went. He was Celtic and I went Dundee United, and we both we both played. It was the Cup Winners Cup, and we both played. You know, uh, from the first round normals, and it got to the mm. final, and of course yeah. we were playing each other in the final, and it was so tense. Yeah, and it, was, it was one of these matches. It was I think it was a classic. It ended up four 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 each four four. Yeah. And I think then he scored the last minute winner or something like that. So yeah, <laughs> I think you couldn't speak to him for a couple of days. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I have so, missed out on a lot. Yeah, what was that? I never really, I've never really been a gamer. So any any memory, any memories of any football games or? Well, yeah, I can't remember. I used to have a game called. Actually, this is this is actually showing my age now. Do you remember Microprose Soccer? Oh yeah, on the Commodore sixty four. That was that was the first top down football yeah. game. I think that kind of paved the way. It did. Um, Obviously, FIFA became a huge, huge game with the sports mid nineties. Yeah. 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 And to but yeah. So, Gold, I know you're you're a big Sub fan. Yeah, I am very much. Mm. And yeah, I think we were, we were talking about that the other week with the Super Strike, the Striker game as well, where you press the head. You know, it was a yeah. Like to kick back. I'm sure there is a podcast coming up soon, listeners, where we're going to be talking all things to detail as well. And we'll obviously mention uh, Mike's Mini Men as well in that. Yeah, very much so. And really look forward to that. Um, I think, yeah, I think we were all, we were all chatting about that, weren't we, about the Astro. The famous actual pitch in the detail last week, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the game changer that for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but we will we will be getting back into all that. So many thanks again for that, Riddles, because that, that brought some great facts, some great memories there. Um do yeah. send us your own memories, not only of Reinhofen then, but also of football and video games, your own favorites. And I must read out some of the the listeners. Comments that we've had from I feel like you know that, that 
bit where Jack D starts throwing through the text. I'm doing my Jack D bit now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're all positive, you know. They, uh, That's he, good. He makes them up, you know. He he always <laughs> makes But one from Verso, I, and I had asked for um, any memories, in particular, of Ronnie the Rovers or other football-related comics, and Verso, who is a member of our, our site as well, www.champ.united.proballs.com. And Verso said, every Saturday, walking to my local newsagent and buying Roy of the Rovers, a quarter of hair drops and a can of top-deck shandy. Top shandy. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's how old was he at the time? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're like, yeah, he wants to go. And then home to read the comic and watch Tiz Boys to see my first love, Sally James. Oh, so, many, so many memories in one tweet. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Like going to get a shandy at half eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Terry Angus asked us for a Terry, I know, is a huge Fighter fan. And also a fan of Canon, which um, I am, Terry, I do promise you, I've been promising you this for a couple of weeks, I am going to mention the Canon strip um, from March, from comic from the 80s, I'm going to be getting into that in one of these podcasts, but there I have made a mention of it tonight and look forward to that. Of course, Terry's uh, a member of our side too. Terry is also a member of the site, and also Gary Eccleston. One of his favourite memories was the addition of Roy of the Rovers for Gary, which white readers designed the male tester kit. I tried out about 10 different designs before doing the final one, but I did the final one in the magazine and still think it was better than the winning one. Indeed, <laughs> Indeed here it was, Gary. Um, feel free, of course, if you still have any photos or packs, do send them in to us. Um, are people's favourite stories from... Uh, Roy of the Rovers, we have mentions for Hotshot Hamish, the safest hands in soccer, Mighty Mouse, and always looking forward to these stories. Yeah. Oh, Verso is back on again. He was, he, of course, he was then getting asked questions about Top Deck, understandably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it Lemonade? No, it wasn't Lemonade. No. Um, <laughs> any more? I think that was most of them from last week. Many thanks for these, though. That was a, that was a really good response. And also the armchair fanatic. Sorry, the armchair fanatic. He dug out his uh, Roy Rovers in the 1980s, and we had encouraged him, apparently, to, to go and dig that out of the wardrobe. <laughs> last week, following our Melchester special. And great, what lads encouraged me to go and find this one again in the wardrobe. So, yeah, and um, the boys, Richard of Boys Adventure Comics, who is also a member of our site as well now, and he sent us in a list of computer games based on comic characters, which is over in his um, own blog site, Boys Adventure Comics, fantastic work. And he reminded us of the Hotshot game golf, Gary Lineker's Hotshot PC. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention that earlier, but we, before we moved on, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, also the Roy of the Rovers game. And there's a couple from 2000 AD. We had a Rogue Trooper and Strontium Dog. Uh, one from Viz as well. Remember that one. 
So yeah, great stuff, guys out there. Um, mate, we do really appreciate not only the, the feedback and the very many kind words which you send us on Twitter, but also um, great to give you a shout out tonight on, on these ones. So um yeah, so Gary Onica sort of short PC game girl. Yeah, I mean I wasn't a gamer, so I mean I never played it, but it was it was heavily um advertised obviously in the hotshot comic. Um, but I wonder, I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, if if the the, the, the game came if the comic was produced to advertise and sell the game, or did the comic come first? You know, it's quite an interesting or, or both at the same time. But I, I don't know too much about the game because I, I, I was never really a gamer. So but if any listeners have played the game back in the day, do get in touch and uh, and, and let us know. Absolutely. And also, like I drive it over, so I must admit, I had to... I never played it in the Spectrum at the time, uh, but I did have to go back onto YouTube and ha uh, have a look at that and see what the game was like. Like, okay, for the, you know, sort of mid-1980s. Um, clearly, that came out really at the peak of the, the comics' success. Um, so interesting. Yeah, again, anyone who who actually played that game at the time, I must also mention Dark Blue. Um, I know he's going to be sitting there tonight and he's going to be thinking, you know what, there's a Dundee Kilmarnock playoff coming up for relegation. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that uh, probably more next week. Dark Blue was um, talking really great memories this week about Champ. Uh, we are United story of his own, was it in, wasn't he in the forum? And yeah, yeah. I, it reminded me, it put me in mind that there was also a, a, a computer game which is called Dundee European Adventure. Now, Dundee never actually qualified for Europe, of course, <laughs> in the 1980s, but despite that, there was a computer game where you could play um, as if Dundee had gone to European football UEFA Cup. So that was, that was great stuff as well. So thank you for that, Matt Blue. Well, yeah, I think... Uh... I'm sure Bart Blue will, will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we had a um, Ivan Golak. Was he a manager of Dundee or Dundee United? Dundee United, goal, yeah. He won the he won the Scottish Cup at Dundee United. Yeah, he um, he became manager of uh, Torquay United for for a while. And one of our players, Chris Myers, I think he signed for Dundee or Dundee yeah, United. United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, good good Torquay player, Chris Myers was. Well, Golak was real character. Yeah. yeah, it was a real surprise that he took over us. With respect, he didn't last very long because that was a period of time when we had about nine managers in 13 months. But there you go. I mean, <laughs> we're talking are quite uh, good at managers. Leroy Rossinia became manager once for the second time. Um, he previously take us, taken us to promotion to League One automatic promotion um, and then uh, I don't know seven or eight years later he he rejoined the club and 10 minutes later the club was sold and he was fired <laughs> 10 minutes later and that's wow. a true story so so not only do you have the fastest ever own goal at six seconds but you also have the fastest uh, manager <laughs> all right don't, don't rub it in <laughs> the listeners that don't know what we're talking about we were having a we have a section on, on, on the forum for quiz questions and I set quiz questions. 
And it was, what was the fastest own goal? And of course, you know, everyone said, you know, nine, five. Uh, and uh, I think, Rab, you, you got it right, didn't you, with six? Yeah. yeah. And it's Pat Cruz for Torquay United. And I'm surprised that uh, Simo didn't come in because normally if I set a question about football, the answer's normally Torquay United. But he missed out on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Six oh, seconds. I mean, come on. That's like passing it back and then, you know, oh, six seconds. Unbelievable. <laughs> So that is about all we have time for tonight. Many thanks for listening. And as ever, um, my fellow contributors to Riddles and yeah, also to Gil for yeah. a real variety and range of topics uh, tonight from the Picture Story Monthly's couple of fantastic issues there. As Riddles said, do check them out at Fancy eBay. Uh, and you get an interest in those ones to the Grindhopping chat and also some. Uh, all the video games and particularly tonight it's been really really good I've, I've, I've loved being able to read out um, readers con uh, listeners contributions which the uh, folk have sent us there on Twitter do keep sending those in and I promise I will continue to read them out each week um, uh, yeah it's great it just gives us a bit of interaction doesn't it yeah very much so. uh, the, 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 the comments uh, you know Keep us going as well, and we're, we're you know we're we're proud to have listeners. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it, it, it does it, it encourages us to to keep going as as well. Yeah. Um. So as I say, thank you um for everything uh, tonight, go and riddles, and we will be back same time, same place, the usual sort of spot next Wednesday night when riddles will be going night clubbing with. <laughs> 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 I think there's a whole feature there somewhere. Sorry to interrupt. I'll also be a nervous wreck by this time next week. Go, go, go! And myself may well be lying down in a darkened room this time next week. It's not only a turkey at the right end of the table going for championship, but Kilmarnock, as I mentioned earlier in passing, at least now are going to be playing Dundee in a playoff to stay in the Scottish Premier League. So honestly, <laughs> we hope for the quick return of Simo, who's having some technical issues. But yeah. considering what we just said, with us, it might be just you and your nightclub. <laughs> just me and Hedgehog getting into a fight in a nightclub uh, <laughs> okay if fine not, if your name's not down you're not coming in and as I said so much more to come up Subutio is going to be a feature for us um, obviously we're going to be talking more about Football Picture Story Monthly we're going to be getting into Gary Lineker's Hot Shots and Terry I promise you at some point sorry Football League Reviews, so I'll do Football a section League on that at some point. Also coming up as well. So, all that to look forward to, and as I say, do cross your fingers for both Gull and myself for next week, when we're both nervous wrecks. <laughs> at least Everton don't have anything to play for, Riddles do. <laughs> same old, same old, Robbie. It's better though, because it's just, oh, keeps you awake at night at the moment, it really does. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you sure we're still recording, Rab? Because I'm loving this. We could go on for another couple of hours. Oh, <laughs> where, where is this season going wrong? Uh, <laughs> all right, hopefully for Turkey. So, uh, it is good night from me, Rab, uh, slash Jack B tonight. And good night from Rivers. Yeah, good night, everyone. Stay safe. And it's good night from Gulf. Yeah, good night, everyone. Enjoy tonight. And uh, yeah, look forward to next week. See you. Good night. Thank you.